It I, is over one year since we've been recording. Officially. Yay. That is exciting. Uh, this is only episode 18, though. Shh. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I'm not going to say we've been the best at keeping a schedule, but we put our heart into it, okay? So. Well, how have you been? Not this whole year, but just, just this last like week or so. Actually, I've been... I don't want to lie. So let's just say I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, some stuff has been happening. My, yeah, my mind just went blank. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure I had something to say there. That was super important. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my school started again today. Nice. But you know, when school starts really the week before, they're like, hey, wink, wink. If you want to get a head start on some of the class material, it's unlocked now. I think it depends on the course, but yeah. mine was like that. And then, of course, I didn't do any of it. So <laughs> now I already feel like I'm behind and it's day one. So <laughs> It's kind of funny that your school started today because mine ended on Saturday. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I put off doing everything. Like I had dishes stacked up. I was out of laundry. I was just like, I have to finish this paper. <laughs> like, what are we eating? I'm like, whatever you're making, because I got to finish this paper. Sounds about right. Yeah. And then to celebrate me turning it in and getting it done, we went to see the Demon Slayer movie. So that was pretty cool. How was it? Oh, it's really good. I didn't think I liked anime until Ryan dragged me to see that movie the first time. And, like, from the opening shot, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's very pretty. One of the things we had to do in my class was start a, uh, like, a discussion thread where you introduce yourself, and I talked about Ew. podcast on it. Ew, I hate that. But I talked about the podcast on it. Oh, good. Was everyone, like, get out of this class? No. Because it's my psychology class and I like talked about how, you know, eventually I would like do profiling or something in that kind of vein. Yeah. If I ever get out of the Navy. <laughs> At this point, I don't think you're gonna. Shh, 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 shh. Look, I can have hope. Okay. <laughs> True. I, I realize guess. that I am in direct control of it, but. You're signing the paperwork as a drunken mistake. Like, wait, I did what? I re-enlisted for how many years? Uh-oh. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, in podcast news, we officially have 1,100 listens now. That's and amazing. Amazing. And we're officially getting, like, 50 unique listens an episode, so that's really exciting. Hello to everyone. Hello to new listeners. Please don't turn us off. Give us a chance. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not pressing your pants gonna... off, I promise. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to go uphill from here, but it might. Uh, Dad listened to the episode and he had some notes, by the way, the last one. Oh, okay. Are you ready? Mm, uh, <laughs> yeah. He said that we should uh, never podcast again and that he hated the entire thing. Oh, okay. So natural, naturally. Yeah, you know, his normal response. Right. No, he, he really enjoyed it. 
it looks like the long episode had a lot of really good feedback. I want to just say thanks to everybody for listening. I know it was a lot of listening to my voice, and for that, I apologize. Uh, but it was our most listened to episode, so that's really exciting. Already? Mm-hmm. I, um... I think you changed the password on our account because I have not been able to get in. So I'm just as surprised as everybody else as she's telling us this right now. <laughs> I did that on purpose. You can't double check. That's not how that works. <laughs> that is how that not works. Not allowed. I have the password and you don't. Not allowed. Sucker. <laughs> there was other news. Oh, so Ryan and I have decided to, you know, try to eat healthy. And so far it's been four days going strong and I only miss everything a lot. That's two days longer than I've been doing it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I keep I kept cheating a lot, which is the worst way to do it because then you feel like you have freedom and you don't and you gain weight anyway and you're miserable the whole time. Because you're so on a quote-unquote like, diet. <laughs> no. So to get two days ago, I was like, that's it. And I went to the store and I did what you have to do for diets and I spent a bunch of money. And so now... I'm sunk. <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing I have to eat. That's it. I Ryan and I have been planning on starting this diet for like a month because like we we don't tell mom and dad, but we do want to have kids in the future. And before then, we want to get in shape and like take control of our health. Oh, so we've been talking. So cool. Yeah. So we've been talking about like, uh, well, just because to get kind of personal, like with the hormonal issues that I have. Being heavy, heavier makes it harder to have kids. Mm -hmm. So I just figured we would try to give ourselves the best chance possible in the future. So we decided we wanted to get healthy together. So we planned it for like a month so we could try to eat all of the food we had that wasn't allowed. And still the day came, the day before. Uh, and we had to throw away the food that wasn't okay. And I swear I saw tears of sadness on Ryan's face. <laughs> There'd be tears of sadness on my face. We have people over every week. And I get <laughs> to watch them eat pizza or whatever. And I'm like, please. <laughs> is Josh staying strong with you? Or is he like, screw you. You're the only one on the diet. No, Josh um, actually lost a bunch of weight when he got yeah, out of the military because I mean stress levels all of that and it worked yeah. out um really well for he lost more than he wanted to so we don't know if we don't think a diet's a great idea for him yeah I mean he looked great when I saw him yeah he does he, he he it looks like he really really lost a lot of weight yeah he did I'm hoping that works for me too <laughs> Nah, cross your fingers. Maybe, oh, yeah, but I'm telling you, stress eating and stress and it'll get you. Yeah. Well, with Ryan and I's relationship, the best thing for us right now is for me to stay at home while he works because he makes more than enough to provide for us. We're very blessed that way. So I have noticed since I've quit, I've actually lost weight and I've been eating better. So it really is a thing. Like, when you feel bad, you know it's going to feel good, and that's eating ice cream and bread and pasta. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I always crave sugar and everything. Oh, me too. I have such a sweet tooth. I think we're like dad in that aspect. Seems Probably. to have more of a sweet tooth than mom does. Mm, yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. 
Dad, if we're wrong, please send us an email at ucsfpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, God, no. (laughs) We're going to get hate mail from our own dad. I'm really excited. I say that I'm craving everything, but honestly, I'm really not as bad as I thought I was going to be. Like, we went to the movies, and we were able to say no to, like, the popcorn and stuff just fine. And I thought it was going to be more difficult. I thought I was going to have to, like, be dragged into the theater popcornless, kicking and screaming. Yeah, you know, the more you say no, I think the easier it gets. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But the opposite's also true. Once you start cheating, you can't stop. So yeah. this time I told myself I was just, like, no breaks, nothing. I'm, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah, we'll stay strong together. That's such a good idea. Oh, Izzy, you are so supportive. I'm the most supportive. Don't let anybody else into your life, just me. You only need me. <laughs> no other friends. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want you talking to our other two siblings. They're out. Oh, no. <laughs> just- Suddenly I regret this. <laughs> now, now you're starting to regret it. You don't regret it starting like a year ago when we thought this whole thing up. No regrets. No, no regrets. Yeah, uh, we're doing really good though. Ryan's really craving uh, bad food though. He's like, I want Chinese food so bad, and I'm like, Oh, that sounds good. But here's some salmon and green beans. No, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> <He's> like, okay. <laughs> I made that like egg roll in a bowl, which was really good. But he's like, I just want to put this in a tortilla, and I'm like, Bad, Ryan. No, the egg roll in a bowl was so good. It's so good. I did not think I was going to like it as much as I normally, as I did, because I don't really like egg rolls and stuff. But it was really good. I'm going to have to make it a lot more. And uh, this has been our podcast, Dieting with Izzy and Jackie. Thank you for coming. Well, I thought this was Jackie and Izzy complain time. Oh, yeah. No, it is 100%. I don't know why anybody listens to us. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I promise it'll get better. We'll get to the the murders here in a second. <laughs> Murder? Murder. Speaking of, do you want to go first this week or do you want me to? Uh, let me think if I have anything else to say. So who's going first? I feel like okay. you should since I did the whole episode last time. So I think I, think I should go first every time because what I say is way more important than what you say. I mean... Probably, but you know, if I go first sometimes, it makes me feel important. <laughs> oh, see, Izzy, that's where you're wrong. Oh, I mean, you know, that's probably fair. Anyway, what murder do you have for us today? You mean other than how I just murdered your self-confidence? I mean, self-confidence isn't my problem, so... Okay. I don't really feel like you murdered it at all. Okay, good. Well, I'll keep trying. Anyway, <laughs> another news. This article I found covering this murder, it's um really kind of funny and also disgusting because for some reason, one of the ads is for like toenail cream. I'm like puking in my what? mouth as I'm saying this. And so there's like a giant picture the size of like my whole palm. Ew. That somebody's like nasty toes falling off foot. And yeah. I cannot get rid of it. 
Yikes. Well, good luck. We'll all stay strong through this together. Okay, so I'm going to ignore everything next to the disgusting foot. (laughs) (laughs) This is gross. Okay. Are you ready? No. But go ahead. All right. Now I'm going to do what I do every time and tell you that this case was super interesting and... Oh, oh, hold on. We have an update. Oh, yes. Oh, do you want to say it? No, you go ahead because it was your story. Yeah, okay. I just want to tell everybody I was right. It's always the spouse. It, I mean, okay. It's not always the spouse, but in this case, it was definitely the spouse. Who are we talking about? We are talking about Suzanne. I want to say Morphe. One second. I think that's right. It's Suzanne Morphe, I'm pretty sure. I just want to double check because there's two cases who their names are similar and I keep mixing them up. But let me pull it up. It was Suzanne Morphe. So, the update. (laughs) And I saw this and I immediately sent a link to our family's group chat. (laughs) I just wanted everybody to know that I found it and I called it a while ago. All right. So, this was one of our very first episodes. You remember that, Izzy? Yes. I remember us talking about it and being completely enraged. Right. As we should have been. As we should have been. Just a quick recap. Um, on Mother's Day, this family had two daughters and a husband and a wife. And the daughters were conveniently out of town on Mother's Day. And then... Suzanne Morphew went on a bike ride and disappeared. But I think there was some question as to whether or not the bike ride ever happened. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm remembering. Everybody go listen to that episode. You'll hear everything. Um, Anyway, the newest update. This has all happened last week. He's all over the news Barry Lee Morphew, her husband, was charged with her murder. But he was also charged for something else. And I want to <laughs> say it because uh, fuck this guy. <laughs> so this man, I'll say it. Okay, this okay man, you can say the second part. Okay. This man filled out his wife's ballot to vote in the election. He's also being charged with voter fraud. <laughs> he murdered his wife, everyone. <laughs> Murdered. <laughs> then and then out her ballot. And Ugh. voted for Trump on her ballot. Everybody. I don't care who you support. I don't care what your political views are. I really don't give a flying crap about any of that. But if you're going to murder your wife and fill out her ballot, that's just stupid and ridiculous. It makes me so angry. When the FBI asked him why he did it, he said... Because I wanted Trump to win, and I just thought, give him another vote. Oh, my God. He also said, I figured all these other guys are cheating, and I know she was going to vote for Trump. (laughs) And then he said he didn't know it was illegal to vote for your spouse after she was dead. Because you murdered her. Oh, my God. Not a good look. I'm so 
angry. Oh my god. Uh, again, I'm not angry at who the vote was placed for. I'm not angry at any of that. I'm angry at the fact this man murdered his wife and then thought, I'll fill out her ballot, though. So awful. Oh, my God. Wow. I can't, I can't even believe the audacity. The audacity. <laughs> but he's being charged with voter fraud, so fuck you, Barry Morphew. On top of murder. Both. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. Okay. I'm sorry. We can continue. Well, now I have to calm down. <laughs> I know. Everybody <laughs> breathe. Everyone take a deep breath in. We'll Ooh. all breathe. Hold it. Okay. And just let out your frustration on the exhale. Listen to the sweet sound of my voice. And the shuffling of whatever you're doing. <laughs> breathe in. Breathe out. Now, I want to take you on a journey to November 5th. 2016. All right. I'm there. Okay. What was I doing? 2016. I think I was living in Klamath with the Millers uh, about a year away from dating my husband. Ew. I know. I had been in the military for two years. Oh, no. 16, I think, is the year I started dating my husband. So we were going out for like... A month. Ew. Yeah. Okay. His name was Terrence Brisk, known as Terry to friends and family. So since we're not friends and family, should we refer to him as Terrence? I don't know. That's a bad joke. I'm sorry. Please continue. Okay. So. His parents had actually asked him to pick up some marble slabs from a um, piece of property that they had. And so he helped them do that. He drove out there with his truck and picked up some marble. Why did his parents want this marble? Well, simple. They wanted to use it for their headstones. Instead, they well, I think they did save some. But they actually ended up using the marble for his headstone, which I thought was really sad. That is sad, but do people typically buy their headstones before they die? I don't know. Because that's I not think something they saw I've looked into. It, I think they saw it and thought it was cool, and so he just picked it up. Maybe I'm too young, but I've never like walked by a good piece of granite or marble and gone, you know what? This is what I want my headstone to look like. You see that boulder? That's a nice boulder. <laughs> All right. You're fired. What? That was perfect. Spot I'm, on. I'm kicking you off this podcast. Wow. You're well, out of the band. The, rest of the story, you're not curious? Okay. I'm kicking you out of the band after this story. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, fine. I didn't want to be here anyway. Are you going to tell me to go kick rocks? Oh, God. Got him. Oh, my God, you're out of the band again. <laughs> that is so mean. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Two days later, it's the middle of hunting season. It's in November, right? Yeah. This is in Minnesota, by the way. So definitely the middle of hunting season. 
and him and his family had some property where they normally hunted at. On the day of the murder, the kids go to school as normal, and he goes hunting. His sister and brother-in-law... One second. Okay. Okay. So he actually had a job, and he asked for the day off to go hunting, but the night before, he had spent... Um, several hours tracking a deer that his wife had shot. So they had went out the night before, got a deer, and then tracked it and brought it back in. And they were going, and he at least was going out again the next night or the next day for hunting. So Terry's oldest brother actually talked to him early the morning that he died and said that he sounded tired. But that morning, the um, that morning, Terry went to a spot in the woods that he had staked out and set up all his stuff at to hunt and started hunting. Mm-hmm. As one does when they go to the area they've set up to hunt. Right. And his, I, I don't know if I said this, but his parents, I don't know if I said this, but his parents actually owned this land. So he had been there before and he had known it, which might, um, it's an interesting addition to this story. Okay. It also was the site of his wedding. Okay. All right. So like 15 years before this, it's where he got married. Mm-hmm. So he okay. knew the area very well, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. Okay. He goes there in the early morning of November 7th, and he starts hunting. The next piece of information that we have is the kids are getting dropped off from school. At this point, his oldest son is 15 years old. He goes inside and changes his clothes and heads out to go to the woods to hunt with his dad. The son gets into a ground blind, which for people who aren't hunters is like a structure that you put up that's usually camouflage that you get inside so the deer can't see you as easy. So it's like, imagine like a little camo hut basically. And he waited, and he was hunting, which is usually a lot of waiting anyway. He starts sending his father text messages, letting him know where he is. So if he saw a deer, they wouldn't be shooting at the same deer. Mm -hmm. Smart. They had done this a couple of times before. They've got the blinds. They've got the coordination. His wife had got one. And his son had got one two days earlier. He's ready for his. Yeah. So the son says he could hear his father's phone and thought he was just nearby hunting, like waiting in a blind or something in the area. And the son says he kept hearing his phone, so he got out of his blind. And so he looked around for a little bit. 
And on the way back to his blind is when he found his father. Uh-oh. Dead. Uh-oh. This man was murdered in the woods on a hunting trip? Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get okay. there. Stop jumping ahead of the story. I refuse. Okay. The son finds his dad on the ground and said there was no question that he was dead. So he calls his mom, and his mom calls 911 and a neighbor who was a first responder. Next is the police show up, and they take the son aside and question him, and they take his clothes and his gun. Makes sense. The next thing that happens is they, the daughter, Terry's daughter, calls Terry's mom, so calls her grandma, and says something had happened. And so then the mom shows up to the scene, and she wants to see her son's body, and they don't let her over there at all. So they stop her. Which is good, because if she would have gone, it would have contaminated everything, and unfortunately, as sad as that is. Right. But for some reason, they put his body into the car. They didn't... She describes the car that they used to move his body as kind of like a long station wagon, which is kind of horrifying. They let Mm -hmm. her walk up to the windows, and she said that, like, she saw him just laying there with his boots up in the air. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's just awful. Okay. Anyway. His gun was nowhere to be found. Which is odd, because he was hunting, and you kind of need the gun to, you know, hunt. Right. And he was shot. Hmm. And he didn't have a gun. Huh. So he didn't shoot himself. Yes. That's what that would lead us to believe. And the thing, the person, whatever, that shot him then took his gun. The police office brings a bunch of dogs to do a weapon search. So they're looking all around for a gun. But it takes a year for them to find it. When they find it, the uh, lead detective, or I don't want to say lead detective, the sheriff described as finding it, described finding the gun like finding a needle in a haystack. Mm Mm-hmm. And he said that the police office believed it was the weapon used to shoot Terry. So he was shot with his own gun? He was shot with his own gun. That's not good. So the sheriff's office believes two different things may have happened. And that's kind of where they're stuck right now. That's why it's been a cold case for five years. A- Nobody's talking. They cannot find a witness. They cannot find a neighbor. They can't find anybody who heard gunshots. Nothing. So, the two things that might have happened. Are you ready? I'm ready. That the police believe. Obviously, something else could have happened that it just like way out of left field. But we're not there yet. So, the two things that they think has happened. One, he's hunting 
it's hunting season and somebody trespasses on their private land to hunt, which I want to say probably happens very often. Yeah. Like that's um, considered poaching if you're not on the hunting grounds. You can hunt on your own property, but you can't just go on somebody else's property and hunt. Right. The police think perhaps he found a trespasser on his parents' land that he was hunting on. So he probably would have been a little bit pissed because those, you know, were their deer, basically. Mm-hmm. Paul is like, hey, it's private. You need to get the fuck out. There's a confrontation. Confrontation. That's what I said. No, <laughs> that is not what you said. That's what I said. <laughs> That's what your heart said. And then Terry gets shot. The hunter picks up the gun and disposes it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Because he uses Terry's gun to shoot Terry. Option two. The guy knew Terry, or gal, I guess, person. The person knew Terry. Terry didn't really think about leaving his gun alone with this person or out of, like, his reach. The person takes Terry's gun and shoots him. And gets rid of the gun. And then gets rid of the gun to, like, hide his tracks. This article... That I read does say that the gravel pit where he was hunting, the area where he was hunting, they did get trespassers all the time. Yeah. So So it's either option is possible. But without any more evidence, the police office doesn't have anything else really to go on. Have they named, like, are they suspicious of anybody in, like, the family? They haven't said anything, and I think that's something that they would probably keep closer to their chest. But I don't know. Yeah, because um, I, I definitely that it's definitely right. Like, it's either somebody that's just trespassing, an argument happens, things get physical, blah blah blah. Typically, though, I think the normal reaction there—not that nobody's normal—would be like, "Oh, my bad, let me leave." So it must have been. Like, things got really confrontational for that to happen. Or it was somebody that knew he was out there. And like the article said, most people did leave. They said they got trespassers all the time. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time that something happened. So, I don't know. But let's talk about some evidence, or not evidence that they found, but... The police office has searched multiple residences, multiple properties. They did the dog search. Mm-hmm. They have found repeat trespassing offenders to the gravel pit to talk to them and question them about this murder. They also um, found the gun, which they believe. The audacity. Is- you trespass. Sorry, you trespass once. They say, hey, you can't do that. You got to leave. And then you come back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The audacity. That is kind of funny when you say it like that. Can you imagine thinking you own everything? Jesus Christ. Sorry. Sorry. I'll calm down now. My bad. No, no, it's fine. 
Um, and I think the last thing about this case is that they got a new investigator. So some people are hopeful that the fresh eyes might shake more things loose. Definitely. And fresh his eyes parents, are never a bad thing. You're right. His parents actually closed off the 40-acre plot from hunting. So mm-hmm. they turned it into kind of a sanctuary That's really nice. Yeah. And that is the story of the murder of Terry Brisk. That's really sad. Yeah. And he had four kids. And his son found him. Ugh. This man just wanted to hunt. He wanted to get a deer like the rest of his family did. And his kid was 16. Oh, my God. Can you imagine being that young and finding a parent? No. Mm. Nope. That's so sad. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for bringing that to our attention, Jackie. I'm glad we could get it out there. Yeah, this one was one that I really... I know I say this about all my cases, guys, so don't hate me, but I really did find this one interesting. Because I just, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just seeing the concentration in my, yeah, in my head. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. You're friends with this person or you at least recognize this person. You take his gun and shoot him real quick and throw it in the woods. Like, what? Or, and it was, it was a rifle. It wasn't like a pistol. I could right. see it happening a little bit easier with the pistol. You get, huh. maybe you do some fisticuffs, right? <laughs> you guys, <laughs> like, start, obviously, there was probably a fight in this, in the first scenario where it was a stranger trespassing. So mm-hmm. how do you get a rifle away from somebody you're I mean, fighting and then... It's Shoot possible him. he didn't have the, the rifle out. Like, it's got the shoulder shot, so it might have been, like, on his shoulder or something. And then, like, he could have got sucker punched. Yeah, but... There's an infinite the number of possibilities. Would still have to rip it off of him. And then, what, one was just in the chamber already and ready to go? Well, I mean, he was hunting. I don't... Well, you're not supposed to keep, like... You are when you're hunting. No, not like that. Because what if you like trip or, or something like jostles the trigger? That's, and that's why you be... take hunter safety. That's I why know. you learn how to handle guns. I'm telling you, when you hunt, the gun I is loaded. hunter safety. I know. I promise. I'm telling you, you are like, you should not. Well, okay. Everybody calm down. We're going to call dad and we'll ask him. Yeah, we'll you call him right him. now. You call him, you put him on the mic, and I want to hear his answer. Because you don't keep around in the chamber while you're hunting where okay, uh, the I'll trigger can brush against your clothes and fucking go off in any direction. That's how you die. I'm calling him. We're going to find out. Do it. Dad, you're live. I need you to answer something for me. When you're hunting, obviously your rifle is loaded, but do you have one in the chamber ready to go when you're walking around looking for deer? Uh... We're just having a a heated debate. Put him on speaker. He is on speaker. It's not my fault you can't hear him. <laughs> I do, but um, when you're out. But? Yes. He says yes. 
He says the safety's on, but there is one in the chamber. What's the safety gonna do? Oh my god. The safety is what makes it or prevents it from going off, Jackie. <laughs> I'm not saying don't keep like the magazine. Let me see, Mama. You have a multiple multiple shot. Bye. Whatever. <laughs> and the safety's <laughs> fine. But what if you like accidentally forget to turn the safety on or something happens to the safety? It's not safe. I'm, okay. I'm angry. You're, you're hunting. Dad's you have point. to ask a different hunter. <laughs> no! Hunters, email us at ECSFpodcast. Please direct your hate at mail At gmail.com and tell me that I'm right, goddammit. You're not right! I am! Jackie, Dad's whole point, if you couldn't hear him, was that loading or putting a bullet into the chamber is very loud, which would scare away the deer. So... People keep one in the chamber but turn the safety on while they're out hunting because it's really quiet to turn the safety off. That was what Dad said. He's well, got more experience I'm than gonna I. Call, I'm going to call Dad and we're going to fight. You call him right now. You call him. If I, if I catch him hunting That's with a how bullet I'll... in the chamber. Jackie, you hunt with a bullet in the chamber. I will shoot him myself. All right. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird if, like, son, dad mysteriously died under these exact same circumstances? <laughs> I'm turning you in. <laughs> happens, I'm, I'm turning this recording over to the cops. I am pointing <laughs> you out in the lineup. I'm saying, officer, she did it. That's it. Why would they need a lineup? Like, which one <laughs> Can you tell sister? me which one is your sister? There's a bunch Ooh, of similarly heighted blonde women. Like, <laughs> It's been a while since I've seen her. Can I have number two and number three yell at me real quick? And then I'll pick about <laughs> gun safety. Whatever. Whatever. That You're was wrong and I hate you. But that I was love my you. murder. I... I actually am really happy that you told that one. It's I've never heard of it, and it seems like one that there's not a lot of information about. I do also want to say, even if the round was in the chamber and the safety was on, the person still had to wrestle a gun away from a fully grown man, father of four, who I mean, picked up rocks for his parents for a living and worked on cats, right? The, like, heavy machinery so we could assume oh, for a second probably... I thought you meant like actual cats. I'm like, oh, you didn't mention this dude was no. a veterinarian. No, he's not a vet. Oh my god. The, the machinery. So we can assume he was probably a pretty fucking strong dude. Well, we don't know that a confrontation happened. Like it could have been one of his friends or something that was just out there and he was like, Hey dude, you can't be here. And he was like, Oh, you're right. Holy shit, look at that deer. And then he just snatched the gun real quick. Abs, I don't know. I don't believe ah. that one at all. I don't. Well, nobody knows except for the person that did it. And yeah. I hope they get found very quickly. I hope they catch him. I hope they find some like, okay, first of all, ladies, gents, if you're getting murdered, scratch the fuck out of the person who is murdering you. If yep. you get into Pull a fight, hair out. yeah, bite them, get their DNA Fucking everywhere. Not only will their DNA be on your body, but they'll have that you. person will have deep ass scratch wounds all over their face, chest, whatever. Multiple people have been caught because they have had long 
fingernail scratches all over their face and they tried to tell the police that they got it by moving Bramble out of their way when they were like doing whatever. It was on Forensic Files. I saw it. I know. I'm an expert. Scratch them, kick them, bite them, pull their hair, poke their eyes out, spit on them, punch them in the face, These knee are them in the groins. I like it. Instead. <laughs> Self-defense 101. (laughs) I actually, one of my good friends was just talking about that scene of Miss Congeniality today. (laughs) Where her talent was (laughs) self-defense. That's a good talent. Everyone should work on their self-defense talent. I agree. I think that's a great idea. Well, thank you for telling me about this murder. And thank you for yelling at me a whole lot, even though you're wrong. I'm not wrong. See, look, there you go being wrong again. Never. Do you (laughs) have a murder to tell me? I do. So this one is way uh, more old-timey. I'm going to tell you about the St. Aubin Street Massacre. It's also known as the Benny Evangelist Family Murders. Okay. So to give you some background, in 1904, Benjamino Evangelista immigrated to the United States from Italy and changed his name to Benny Evangelist. Two years later, Benny started to claim that he was receiving visions from God. Side note, if you think you are seeing visions from God, I would highly recommend you contact both your church and a therapist. Because a lot of times, in your early 20s, for men especially, that is when things like schizophrenia and personality disorders start to develop which can cause auditory hallucinations and things of that sort so can i tell you can i tell you something fun real fast i'm gonna take that as a yes okay okay (laughs) so a lot of times people will go and they'll visit Israel or Rome or any of the holy sites. And there's a phenomenon that happens specifically with sites like those where tourists will go to those destinations and then believe that they are the second coming of Christ. I'm sorry? Like absolutely convinced to their core that they are Jesus. It happens often, yes. Often? Often, yes. I just, okay, all right. You know, uh, if you think you are the second coming of Christ, I would recommend you talk to your preacher and you talk (laughs) to your therapist. If you are going to Israel, write on a little sticky, I am not Jesus, and stick it on your forehead just in case you forget. Write it on the palm of your hand so when you're going through these holy sites and you think... Am I God? You can just look down and see, oh, I'm not Jesus. Okay. And keep moving about your day. (laughs) Until you get to the next spot and you're like, wait a second. And then you just read that note again and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) And (laughs) I didn't know that. That's kind of, I mean, I'm glad people are having such like a moving soul experience, but that's a little wild. Because he started receiving visions from God, so he thought, uh, he started his four-book series called The Oldest History of the World, colon, Discovered by Occult Science. Now, you may be wondering at this point, full stop, 
why you would believe you're getting visions from God and then turn around and uh, dabble in the occult. But yeah, I feel like those are, they um, don't really go together. Uh, doesn't yeah. God have a dim view on the occult? Isn't that like... I'm pretty one? sure he does not like it. When See, I need to do some more research on what the occult is because the occult, in my opinion from what I understand is what people think Satanism is, which it's not, but the occult is like, here, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to tell you what the occult is. I don't want to sound stupid. Uh, well, it's supernatural, mystical, or magical belief practices or phenomena. Uh, like it says similar to voodoo. So I think it's like any occult refers to like, this is like practices and rituals and, relation to the um supernatural mystical or magical belief beliefs so i mean it could be it sounds like it could be anything from contacting a psychic to making sacrifices in the name of the occult i i don't know but typically when we think of the occult we think of it as the opposite of the church I'm going to, does right. that sound fair? Yes. If I'm wrong, please email us. Please let me know. I don't mind being educated, but that's just this. Everything I've heard about the occult is like demons and witches and Ouija boards. So that's just what I'm going off of. But I'm not afraid to say that I don't know what I'm talking about sometimes. But in this book, he declared himself, one, a divine prophet, two, a spiritual leader, and three, a mystical healer. Interesting, interesting. This book was known as, um, it said he was a cult leader, but it it could have blossomed into a full-blown cult. It wasn't quite a cult. It was more that he found people that believed in his faith healing and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and we're reading this book. It was, this book that he wrote was his cult's Bible. And he referred to it as the sun. Whenever he spoke about it, it was this, it was just referred to as the sun. Interesting. So he constructed a bizarre apparatus in his basement that included nearly a dozen small wax figures depicting various, quote, celestial planets, as well as a huge eye that was electrically lit up from the inside. Okay. The apparatus served as an altar for evangelist sermons and featured prominently in his healing rituals. So he was faith healing people and he was also giving sermons about this. So that's why it's kind of a cult, but not yet a full-blown cult, if you understand what I'm putting down. Like, there's not a name for this cult because it hadn't, like, picked up enough steam by the time Benny's family passed away. <clears throat> So something that I would like to point out is so Benny charged up to $10 for each healing session, which today is about 150 bucks. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because he, that's how you know you're a true follower of Christ. You don't heal people for free. God, no. No, 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 no. No. Charge him 150 bucks instead. Jesus wasn't about helping people. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so... He claimed to be able to heal both the mentally and physically disabled. So that's a big thing. Now, 
if you have a physical disability or even a mental disability, if you pay $150 and it doesn't work, you're going to know it doesn't work. Imagine that. Which I will get back to in a minute. This guy should listen to our bad podcast. Yeah, I don't think he was aware of this. Didn't don't think he thought it through. Didn't think about that one, did you? <laughs> so, Benny also sold love potions and hexes that people could purchase, as well as the faith healing. <laughs> Izzy, does what? this guy know what God is? You know, seriously, he actually. This is kind of funny. He actually was, even though all this was going on, still a devout Roman Catholic and was going to Catholic services every Sunday. So I'm going to say mean, he did. I, I just am really curious to how these two met in his mind, how he felt like in some way they made sense to do together. I mean, I mean, just because you go to church doesn't mean you are actually are devout or... Yeah sane right so he could have just been going to church to keep up appearances he could actually have been going to church because he believed in it i don't know how these quite meshed together but this is all facts like he had this apparatus in his basement he wrote this book he had people coming to sermons he was giving out healing sessions keep a hold of that confusion because we'll talk about it later uh benny was a carpenter as his day job, and had arranged to purchase salvaged lumber from a home that was being torn down in the area. The crew that was to pick up the payment and deliver the wood were supposed to meet with Benny the day that he was murdered, like the day they found his body. Uh, they were supposed to pick it up, but they never showed up to deliver the wood and get payment. That's important, and I'll explain why in the suspects and theories, but just keep in mind that it's this 19... 29 so like scheduling something like that and promising payment you can't just call or text to say hey that's not gonna happen never mind especially if like you go and you meet in person you have a deal you're just not gonna not show up for that so on july 3rd 1929 benny evangelist and his family were murdered in their detroit home on st Aubin street benny was 43 his wife santino was 36 their children, Angeline, eight, Margaret, five, Jean, three, and Mario, who was 18 months, were all murdered, and they were all, all murdered via axe. Uh, his wife and four children were murdered in their beds, while Benny himself was decapitated in his study. So whoever did this was 100% okay murdering an entire family with kids and a baby included. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. After the murders took place, a note was sent to the police three days afterwards stating that the axe used to kill the family could be found on the 5400 block on Lincoln Avenue. The note was signed, The Murderer. This note was determined to not be from the actual killer as the writer and the axe were never found. The note reads, My conscience bothered me since I killed that family of six, so will confess and say I sorry. I live on London Avenue in the 5400 block, but I won't give the house number because I want thinking time. Search the houses and you will find the bloody hatchet in a suitcase. I am ready for the worst punishment I can get. 
I read that exactly as it was written. I promise. Interesting. I did get this from an old-timey newspaper, though, so the person that wrote it out could have just missed stuff, but that's how it was presented to me. I'll give my sources at the end. That's what it said. So to get to the suspects and theories, because an entire family was murdered, um, and really police had a hard time with this one, clearly. That's why we're discussing it on unsolved cases and suspicious faces. So the police have a couple of theories. The first theory is that a person that Benny Faith healed uh, believed they were getting scammed again after getting Faith healed and having nothing happen. So it is known that the stories of his cures had penetrated the Italian colonies of other large cities and that often scores of ailing men and women uh, came to his home for, them, for him to heal them. So people were coming in droves. People believe this. I mean, if you take people that think that there's no hope and then give them hope, they're going to come. And get angry. And get angry, yes. Evangelists' religious effusions were tinged with morbidity. Vampires and much blood are to be found in his Bible. So in his book that he wrote that people read from and was used in his sermons, literally mentioned vampires and things like that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, this is directly from a newspaper but during the time. It says, uh, in the cellar of his home was a gallery of crude and more or less horrible stuffed figures representing the various powers of his universe. It is the general opinion of those familiar with the details of the case that the murderers undoubtedly tied up with evangelists' assumption of the role of prophet. So what it's saying pretty much is um, the people that subscribe to the theory that it is a, a faith, uh, a person he faith healed, they think that someone got scammed. Someone was like, holy crap, I believe in this, and then didn't get healed. Um, and then there was this guy. So George Pricko, who's 38 years old, he's a tailor at the Vocational School for Boys. He was interviewed by police and told them that evangelists had feared death from some person who had come to him as a patient. He was told this by a Detroit woman who received treatment from evangelists and went unhealed. Um, so basically, it's through the grapevine this guy heard that some the person who murdered them was someone that was unhappy with his healing services. I mean, it's just kind of logical that that yeah. would be something that might happen if you're frauding people. Right. I guess defrauding people. Yeah. Um, um, well... So this, that's the first theory. So the second theory is that it was just a disgruntled cult member that was attending services. Mm -hmm. Because in the book that Benny wrote, a lot of people think he prophesized his own death and that it prompted one of the, his followers to kill him to make the prophecy come true. Because in the book, uh, one character in his Bible is wrenching the head of an antagonist from his shoulders and hurling it at his feet. Which is what Benny kind of suffered. His head was cut off and it was found by his feet. Also, detectives found a long wooden staff in Benny's office. And in the book Benny wrote, he had described just the same kind of staff. And I'm going to tell you where it's at. This isn't going to make any sense to you, all of us. But in his book, it's the one used by Miel 
and on which he had carved a notch for each of his children. So the staff in the office, they think, could have been planted by a cult member that was trying to make a prophecy come true. He was killed in the same way as one of the people in his books. So that's just kind of an interesting thought. People believe it also could have been members of a different cult or congregation, but there's really no evidence to support that. It could also be a random killer, but this attack is kind of too violent for that. Another theory is that it was a man named Angelo DePoli who knew the family. He was arrested the day of the murder with a bloody knife, but the police were not able to connect him to the family despite neighbors saying he was a frequent visitor. And then the last theory, which is actually one, the one that I believe is accurate, um, it is saying that the lumber delivery people might have had something to do with it because whoever killed him and his family took all the money in the house. There was no money in the house. There was no money on Evangelist's body when the murders were discovered. And the money that they estimated he had before the murders took place was enough to pay for this lumber and enough to make a house payment because his landlord, not his landlord, the previous owner was coming to collect a payment for the house that day. He's the, the previous house owner is the one that discovered the bodies and he was arriving to take that payment. Interesting. So the theory is that it's the, the people that were supposed to deliver the lumber because he had arranged payment, so they knew he would have money. And then they never showed up to the arranged payment spot, even like before the news of the murder broke. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Because there's a third party that was supposed to be there as well that did show up and then noticed neither of the other two did. Wow. So that's why I kind of think that it could be the From the note. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Now, I was just saying from the note, the person doesn't sound very, unless it's a ruse, the person doesn't sound very educated. So yeah. I wouldn't expect it, great things from them in covering up a murder, you know? Right. Know. It's possible that there was several different people, not just one person that committed these murders. He Okay, so he had the appointment with the lumber delivery people and his... I, I'm going to say landlord, just for lack of a better term, was coming to collect payment. So you would have money for that. Like if you prearrange a meeting to buy something, you're going to have the money for that. And this is kind of before, this was before like checks or cards or anything. So you had to have the cash on you. So you wouldn't make that kind of arrangement and then just not have cash for it. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's really all we know about the murders of the evangelist family. It's just kind of interesting because there's so many things that could have happened with it. But at the same time, it was the 1920s to 30s. There's not a lot of evidence that was gathered because they didn't have like hair, fingerprints, blood, any of that kind of stuff. Right. So I doubt this one's ever going to get solved, but it is unsolved nonetheless. And I had never heard of it. And I thought it was interesting. So my sources were the St. Aubin Street Massacre, the Benny Evangelist Family Murders by Elizabeth Tilstra on the lineup.com. Then we have St. Aubin Street Massacre, 1929 Detroit Family Murders Still Unsolved by Ken Haddad on clickondetroit.com and a website called St. Aubin Street Massacre at benny.weirdlectures.com. And that is the story of 
the St. Aubin Street Massacre or the Benny Evangelist family murders. That was so good. Thank you. That was such a good story. Thank you. It's just like you got this family that was murdered. They were going to church regularly, but at the same time, he's got this book he wrote and he's given sermons out of a different Bible and he's doing faith healings on the side. And it's just, could you like, could you imagine if the murders weren't related to that cult? Right. Which is what I think. Um, As we're wrapping up, I realize I forgot to give you my source, which I definitely should do. So I'm going to do that real quick. It's on TwinCitiesPioneerPress.com. And it was an article written by Chelsea Perkins, May 16th, 2021. Uh, yeah, that was, I think this is a really good episode, us yelling at each other and all. I'm leaving it all in there because while it sounded like we were angry, we were in good humor about it. So I mean, I liked it. I'm right. So Jackie, no God damn it. Listen. About it. Well, listen, you're not though. <laughs> I am. So I think the takeaways from this episode are that Jackie's always wrong. <laughs> My takeaway is. Don't start a faith healing cult if you can't faith heal people. Ooh, I like that one. That's good. There we go. That's the takeaway from this episode. Everybody write that down real quick. Everybody write it down. Don't start faith healing unless you can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and another takeaway is if you think God is talking to you, please consult a preacher and your therapist. And also talk to your therapist. Get it figured out. And also you're not Jesus. (laughs) Also, you're not Jesus. Yes. Write that note on your hand, folks. We got this. We'll get through it together. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, if you liked this episode, uh, I did say at the beginning it might get better. It didn't. (laughs) But if you like this episode, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at UCSF Podcast. Uh, You can also send us your thoughts feelings or any suggestions any stories you'd like to hear us do in the future at ucsf podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening happy anniversary oh one year happy mother's day mom and happy early birthday mother's day was a couple weeks ago it's fine happy belated mother's day belated mother's day mom (laughs) happy early father's day dad (laughs) (laughs) let's just get him out there all of the holidays in there happy birthday to everyone i've ever known (laughs) hanukkah christmas new year fourth of july mother's day father all of them happy (laughs) (laughs) perfect i think we're good till we die yep yep got it bye bye